Some said he's just history. Some named him teacher, but a few ever realized his true idea. Lamb of God, 
walk in this world they resound with God's own heart oh let the ancient words impart words of life words of hope give us strength help us cope in this world wherever we roam oh let the ancient words impart ancient words ever true changing me and changing you we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words impart ancient words ever true changing me and changing you we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words impart holy words of our faith banded down to this age came to us through sacrifice oh heed the faithful words of christ holy words long preserved in this walk in this world they resound the heart of christ oh let the ancient words impart ancient words ever true changing me and changing you we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words impart ancient words ever true changing me and changing you we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words impart we have come with open hearts oh let the ancient words impart we have come with open heart, oh let the ancient word impart. Hallelujah, church. We've now reached the most, most, very most important part of the service. And it's important. Because even if you see in the Bible, it says that all scriptures are given, are inspired by God. With all of us standing, let us all rise to our feet. I want you all to realize that this is no ordinary man. This is a mighty man of God. I pray that God opens each and every one of our eyes. 
And may we all be like Cornelius when he heard Peter preaching. He called all his friends and said, Come, I have heard a man of God preaching. Now please, with your hands clapping, come on, let us help me welcome my father, your pastor, Pastor Chris. Come on, church, come on, come on. makes a difference when he speaks. He relieves my troubled mind. It's the only voice I hear that makes a difference. And I'll follow one day at a time. His voice makes a difference. When he speaks, he relieves my troubled mind. It's the only Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you. I think I must go away more often. <laughs> Absence breeds fonder. Familiarity. Hey, that one breeds contempt. Hallelujah. Greetings to all of you. I'm happy to be back in my hometown. And I bring greetings from Ghana. I bring, I bring greetings from Bishop Daggy with Mills. I bring greetings from the churches that I was privileged to minister. Dr. Agu sends all his love to Cape Town. I bring greetings from a church I... Well, I've preached in... The first time I preached in the cathedrals, but I've preached for Dr. Agu. But the first time I preached for a good friend that I met some years ago in Korea. You know, I've been to many countries of the world. If you, if you stay connected, you will prosper and go to countries of the world. You must believe what I say. Is your passport ready? <laughs> Many people don't believe me and then when the opportunity comes, they are not there. I preached for a good friend called uh, Bishop Steve Asare and I, I put the pictures on. I'm sure you all if you are a good church member, you will be following what your pastor is doing. And you would have seen the pictures from the visit to those churches. And as you can see, those churches are very huge, very big. And it's probably the reason why we might not yet be as big as them when it comes to church buildings, but we are following and we are getting there. Amen. You see, your association is very, very important. Who you mix with is who you will become like. I repeat, who you mix with is who you will become like. Dr. Cho, 
the pastor of the greatest church or the biggest church in the world just passed away some few weeks or months ago and he always had a saying where he said in in Korea there are two types of bamboo the big bamboo and the thin bamboo the thick bamboo and the thin bamboo but he says these bamboos grow together in other words the thin bamboo grows in a field together and the thick bamboo grows together in a field you will not find thick bamboo with thin bamboo so he says depending on what field you come up you see depending on what field you grow in depends on the thickness of the bamboo so thick if you grow in the field of the thick bamboo you yourself will be a thick bamboo and what i'm saying to you this morning just by virtue of the introduction is so important it will make the difference in your life who are you connected to that will make the difference if you play with the thin bamboo you will stay a thin bamboo you must cross to the field of the big bamboo association environment and influence it will make all the difference and I have what I have by God's grace my ministry the anointing on my life it's because of my association anointing comes in different ways but one of the primary ways is your association when they when the disciples preached in in Acts chapter 4 the people said we can see these men they have been with Jesus these men they have been with Jesus who have you been with that's the question who have you been with where have you associated so it was a great blessing to see the churches there again and every time we go i go i've been going there for the past 10 years every time my mind has to be kept in check because it's beyond your understanding the type of things that is happening I'm telling you the church is being led in the West West Africa the Nigerians and the Ghanaians are leading the church world and I thank God for his mercy towards us to connect us you know the victory was not supposed to be in the vineyard but because of the grace of God he found a connection in the vineyard I feel like that victory that's connected to the vineyard and I was also privileged to spend private moments with my pastor my bishop both in his office one of his many offices and then at a very private dinner so i'm blessed for the favor that god has in my life and i believe that favor will flow down from me to you anointing always flows downwards the bible says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity It's like the anointing on the head of Aaron. It flows down to the garments. Hallelujah. May you also receive such great blessings. I've also met some very very great men of God and as you know me coming from a tribe in South Africa starts with a C. I didn't let the moment pass me by. And I've put out invitations to some of the big men of God in the world today. 
I hope you all understand that all men are not the same. Don't ever have this mind. Those are all gelijk. Is is so nie. Is nie so nie. Is nie waar nie. Many people receive different measures of the grace and the anointing of the Lord. Amen. So I met the Reverend Steve Mensah, and he is one of the he has one of the largest evangelistic crusades, even bigger than Bishop Dag when it comes to convoy. He has 18 truck we 18 trucks move together with buses to his convoys. And I asked him to if he would come to Cape Town, and he said just like Archbishop Williams, a friend of Bishop Dag. Is a friend of mine. So we are, we are really going to be blessed if God keeps us and spares us all to have great ministries to come to us here in Cape Town. One of the great things about Cape Town is it sells itself as a tourist destination. You see, people try to shoot us down there. I tell you because of the jealousy. And somebody from the north of South Africa said that Cape Town is the homosexual capital of Africa. And I had to defend Cape Town with all my might. Unfortunately, I couldn't take any weapons like I would have done if I was in Delft. I had to use just my mouth. I had to use just my mouth. And uh, I realized that this is, we have one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Actually, uh, the newspaper in England, the Telegraph, voted us the most beautiful city in the world. So we thank God that we are here and we are born here and people have a desire to come to see the beauty of, the, of what God has created. But we use the advantage to bring them to minister to us. Isn't that great? So, I mean, I bring greetings from so many people. Pastor Jimmy, my friend from Kenya that you know well, is building a very huge building. We had the chance to sit at the bishop's feet and show him what we are busy with. And for the first time, I could feel at least some pressure of me. Pastor Jimmy is building a huge cathedral with seven-story block offices. Oh, it's big bamboo. It's big bamboo. <laughs> And so forth and so forth. So greetings to all. Bishop Eddie Eddie sends his love again. Bishop Eddie Eddie. What great men of God. What a great, great. And I'm sure you saw on Facebook my ministry. But if there's the first ministry I preached at Dr. Goose Church, it's available on USB. Stick. If you have a stick, just bring it with. And then the guys will give you a copy for free. As I was preaching in the huge cathedral. It's called the Way Cathedral. The Way, something the Way. Amen. Alright, so let me preach to you today a very short message and powerful message. I am also doing an ordination right after the service in Mitchell's Plain. So, God is doing mighty things. Let me say that uh, we just halted some of the building work for now, but we are getting ready to move again. The plan is to finish the stage and the floor. This morning I saw some ladies with high shoes sinking deep into the sand. But I promise you it won't be long, then I will be tackling this floor. Uh, it's quite a huge job. It's a lot of concrete, but I've had the experts here and they have given me the go-ahead to do and start this work. 
I'm going to need all the men to help me. We're going to cut costs and mix the concrete with mixers so that we don't have to spend so much money on the ready mix. Pastor Brenner, my friend, is really helping us. So we thank God for sending Hiram and Huram to assist the work of the Lord. All I need from you is to continue to support the work, to give to the vision, and you will also enjoy everything that is done here. Ladies will not have to bother with shoes, problems anymore. You can wear the highest heels that you ever wanted to wear. Amen, Loli? It won't. And then I was so worried about the stages, the dancers were dancing here. But very soon, our stage will be up. It doesn't seem that I'll be finished that stage for the choir extravaganza. I'll tell you why. Because the, the, the intricate sound works of the pipes running left and right makes me afraid to hurry the stage. Then later they'll say, you should have done a pipe here, you should have. So I said, let me not rush that thing because monitors are going to be all around and sound and lights and so many things. So we've decided to then rather do the crusade, the, what, what is it called? Choir showcase will be here. I think it's Saturday the 27. The 27. There's the date now for you, okay? Choir showcase. And they are ready and ready to function. If we're done with the stage by then, good. But if not, it will be right here. Amen. What else must I tell you? The end of the month, I want to do a swollen Sunday. Swollen Sunday. And I think we can do an international Sunday. Where you represent any country. So you dress like the country you represent. If you Cape Town, you put Klopsa clothes on. Klopsa. You can find it in Chestnut Place. Sister Christine and those people will give you a whistle. You only need a whistle and a, and a hat. And you keep blowing. But you can represent Ghana like this would be Uganda. Is it stand up? He's already representing his country. Uganda. And then Samantha, what is that? South Africa? Samantha, what is that? Yeah, it's, it's some. It's Lesotho. She will represent. But it's exciting the end of the... But it is an, the purpose of the gathering is to bring people with you. Nobody must come alone. You bring one friend minimum. And you tell that friend we're having a swollen Sunday. Uh, uh, sorry, an international Sunday. And we're going to represent Brazil. Bright yellow. And something, something. Amen. Hallelujah. Is that all? Is there anything else before I preach? If you have Bibles, Ezekiel chapter 2, please. Ezekiel chapter 2. The conference I attended was called The Spirit Entered Into Me. The Spirit Entered Into Me. Let me say something that's remarkable as I, say, as I speak to you. I was blessed to meet many young bishops. Young bishops in their, in their 20s. And uh, I was looking for the gentleman that's always praying with Bishop at the flow prayer meetings called Bishop Frank. And as I was about to, at the dinner, speak to him, before I could ask him, he asked me if he could take a picture with me. I said, wow, that's nice. And then the others all came running 
and fought for the picture. You know, like you become important. And I said, but how, how is it that you all know me? They said, look, the video when Bishop Dare came to Cape Town in 2012, the video at the sports center is the most played video in the Bible school and at the first love churches. It's a three-hour teaching on catch the anointing. And they say from that video, you have become known across the city, across the churches. Yes. Even the introduction. And then they were saying, the way you introduced the bishop, and they were saying it like, exactly like, I even forgot what I said. And as the one was starting to say it, the other one joined him, and the other one joined him, and they had all the words, just like I said it. Hey! And they said, we like the part when you said, as Reynard Bonka prophesied. That's like they're saying. Africa shall be saved. From Cape Town to Cairo. I was just blown by this. And then when you welcomed him to the platform, you said, ladies and gentlemen, your hands and mine for the servant of the Lord. So they are teaching their people how to do introductions. <laughs> but I actually learned that from Bishop Theo Noble, my friend. He used to be into music, uh, concerts, and you know. So when they invite people to the concert, they say, your hands and mine for the BMI choir. It's good to copy. You'll go some places. Amen. Hallelujah. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2, please. Or chapter 2 verse 1. This was the theme of the conference. So this morning's message is a little report back. Amen. Hallelujah. The Spirit entered into me. The Spirit entered into me. Ezekiel chapter 2. Verse 1. Stand up, son of man, said the voice. It's a very short chapter. Stand up. I want to speak with you. And then the Spirit entered into me as he spoke to me. And he set me on my feet. Hallelujah. NLT. I listened carefully to his words. Son of man, he said, I am sending you to the nation of BMI. A rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers, fathers, fathers have been rebelling against me to this very day. They are a stubborn and hard-hearted people. They are what? Stubborn and hard-hearted people. Tell your neighbor, how did he know you are going to be here this morning? How did he know that you will be in church this morning? I'm in verse 4. If you have Bibles, you must come to church with Bibles. People who don't listen to me, I take note of them. It's a sign. I can't tell you the same thing every Sunday. We are Bible-believing people. 
I saw something on Facebook the other day. If you treat your Bible like you treat your cell phone. You know? Say like if you forget it at home, you turn back to go and fetch it. Hey! <laughs> and what else? Who saw that little thing? It was so nice. Who knows what it says there? There were so many things. And then you check every time what message it has to tell you. Hey! Every few minutes you check. It was something, something, but it was nice. I just thought, my God, look now you're coming here without Bibles. But I'm sure you have a cell phone. Do you have it? Hmm. They are a stubborn people. You have told them so many times, and this is a new translation, you have told them so many times to bring their Bibles to church, but they are a hard-hearted people. But I am sending you to say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or refuse to listen, for remember, they are rebels. Orangus. But at least they will know they have had a prophet amongst them. Amen. He said, son of man, don't be afraid of their words. Don't be afraid even though they, they threat surround you like nettles and briars and stinging scorpions. Do not be dismayed by their dark scowls even though they are rebels. You must give them my messages whether they listen or not. But they won't listen. For they are completely rebellious. May the Lord help us. May the Lord bless them now the reading of His Word and the teaching of His Word. Amen. Genesis please. Genesis chapter 2 verse 1. Genesis chapter 2 verse 1. Actually, I want to read verse 7, so maybe to save time. Then the Lord God formed the man, verse 7, from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. Hallelujah. The Lord God formed the man from what? The dust. You see the dust? It's a good thing that you are sitting on the sand here. Just, just. Just check the sand under your feet. That is what you are made of. Yeah. Can you see? That is, from dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. So when we bury you in this earth, you will notice that after a few years, we open that coffin, you are gone. But you actually you have just become like the dust that you see there. It's just your bones will still remain mercy. From the dust of the ground, he breathed the breath of life. This is the secret. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living soul. Hallelujah. Now, the emphasis 
uh, of the scriptures and another beautiful way to understand something that I've been trying to say to this church for many years is that the teachings of loyalty that we did in the month of October, it's more important than anybody ever told you. Do you see? Because the mistake we can all make is to try to categorize the teachings of loyalty and say that's one part of being a Christian. Hey, power is strong here. We can easily think, look, tomorrow teach about forgiveness. Tomorrow teach about love. Then next week teach us what? Name anything. What? Prosperity. Anything, you see. But if you really carefully read the scriptures, you will notice that it all comes back to the importance of understanding that we have fallen far away from God. The human race, you see, had once in itself the breath of God. We were made from dust and we were lying there like a piece of putty. There was no movement. There was no thinking. There was no feeling. No emotion. Just a dead body. But what the Bible says, God breathed His Spirit. Hallelujah. God breathed His Spirit into man. And man became a living soul. Hallelujah. That's why churches that are dead are void of the Spirit. They can say what they want to about the Pentecostals, the Charismatics. Because we're jumping, we're jiving, we're singing, we're dancing. You see? They can say, Maybe some of you come from a church that says, Silence is a church in progress. You'll be silent the day you go down into your grave. But whilst you are alive, while the Spirit of God has breathed into you, man became a loving soul. You can sit as dead as a piece of wood. But when the spirit is into you, you start to think, you start to reason, you start to feel, you can give expression. But if you are void of the spirit, if the spirit is gone, you sit like you're sitting there now. And the spirit entered into me and he set me on my feet. So the four tomorrow, this morning, I sit down, sit down, so we can stand now. I see you all have the spirit. <laughs> this morning, I want to talk to you as an introduction. And if God allows me, I will teach on this for a few weeks. Because I, Bishop Dag, my pastor, whom I love so dearly, you know, who has accepted me into his fold. Very close. God gave him a revelation. <laughs> concerning the loyalty teachings. But it's becoming more important now because we realize we are reversing a degradation 
that the enemy has brought upon us all. I include myself. There is a, an evil that has come upon us, a fallen nature that has come upon us. And I'll tell you why and how it happened. It's actually very sad how it happened. Remember now in Genesis chapter 1-7, the breath of God is blown into Adam. And the Bible says he became a living being. He could think, he could breathe, he could feel. He became a living entity. And here comes the serpent. Now the serpent wasn't uh, coming on his belly like a snake. He had some other form. I don't really know what it's like. It's only after the curse that he turned into a snake. Are you with me? So he came and he spoke to these people. And he tempted them with a temptation that he was tempted with. The same temptation that Satan was tempted with that made him fall is the temptation he gave to man. And that is that they can be just like God. Remember in the books of Ezekiel and Jeremiah, it describes a little bit about him and says, I want to be, I want to be like the Most High. Yes, and then the Lord reminded him, don't you know that you are a created being? If you were in my services some weeks ago, I taught on Lucifer, the mistake of Lucifer. I'm a created being and the Lord said you are a created being and he was cast down. Now he approaches Adam and Eve with the same temptation. He says, you can be like God, you know. You don't have to subject yourself to God. You don't have to submit to the pastor. You don't have to submit to God who was the pastor of the heavenly church. You can be like him. If you eat of the tree, your eyes will open and you will be like God. And this is the result of the fall. Adam, after the curse on the snake, the woman, the man, the earth is cursed, he lost daily fellowship with God. Remember the Bible says, God came to look for Adam in the cool of the day. Which means there was a daily fellowship and a communion with God. Hallelujah. Fellowship. What joy divine. Amen. Every day God. Not in a vision. Not in a dream. There's God. And yes, Adam. Wow. Walking with him. The Bible says, walking with him in the cool of the day. Talking with him. And now comes something. Someone. Who has not done anything for Adam ever. God made him. God put food there for him. God gave a wife for him. God was the first marriage officer for him. God organized them to enjoy life. They were naked and they were not ashamed. But a voice that he has never heard, that didn't do anything for him, didn't give him food, didn't give him a wife, didn't teach him, didn't walk with him. How stupid can you get and still breathe? 
You suddenly believe something, someone you've not heard from anywhere. And as much as we see the bad thing that they did, that nature is in you. After my many teachings, yelpings, grooming you from Kijk hoe het zich gelijk toen zij hier gekomen. Jouw haar is nou strijd. Het gestaan soos vaalke roe bossies. <laughs> Kijk hoe mooi liet zij. Just like. But it takes one voice. From someone who never cared for you. You see, someone who never had an effort to ask you how you're doing. Someone not to help you and say, finish your schoolwork. Someone to say, don't get involved with the wrong people. Meet for the right crowds. You desert God. You desert the people that helped you. So, one of the things that is gone after the fall of man is the daily fellowship with God. It's gone. Now, you can pray to get close to God. You can pray for an hour. You can pray for two hours. Some can pray for three hours. But you won't even hear God say anything. Not even yes. Uh-uh. I mean, be serious. How many of you have prayed for a long time and God didn't say anything? The only, the, the closest we get to God now, we must pray for visions and dreams. And even if you get the dream, you come to me, you say, Pastor, I had a dream. But I don't know if it's You see, you're not even, even the dream, you hope he's God, but you, you, you're not sure. Because God is gone. The fellowship that you had four o'clock, you and me, in, in Adam, we were in Adam's loins. We had fellowship. It's not like in a dream or a vision. No, yes, me. Yes, God. Get out. The fellowship is gone. Yonki Cho used to preach, pray for visions and dreams. Pray for visions and dreams. Pray. God speaks through visions and dreams. Even the prophets that come when they speak, they're not sure. And we're not sure, is it God or is it what? Because God has become silent. Far away from us. That is the nature of the fall of man. Daily fellowship is gone. And everything that God made in Genesis, He said it was good. God saw that it was good. But now, after the fall, everything is corrupt. Corrupt means spoil. When you spoil something, you corrupt something. Amen? It's not just Eskom that's corrupt. You are also corrupt. When the Bible explains your death in Corinthians, it says, from corruption, 
yeah, when you go down into the grave, it's a corrupt body. You are a spoiled body. You see, nothing is nice anymore. Your straight skin, it will get some lines very soon. You can put as much Salusa 45 and some creams, stretch mark creams. I saw on TV they have a new cream, it takes away the stretch marks. Yeah. Vaseline intensive care. But it's coming on! It's coming on! Corrupt. Your baby teeth that was straight and nice. <laughs> it's corrupt. Some of it starts to smell. It's the corruption in the body. You are busy decaying. And the Bible says Adam could only live 930 years. And then he was cut off. God's plan was we would live forever. But because of the fall of man, the nature, the nature is that your life is cut short. And the more you sin, the shorter your life is cut. Are you listening? The Bible says, when the sin of man increased, the Lord shortened the years. You know, Adam lived 930, other people. Adam was very old when, I mean, 930 is a good amount of years. Bishop told us that when Adam died, Noah and Shem and Japheth, they all came to the funeral. Because if you live for 900 years, surely there must be many people who came after you that would have been at your funeral. Just think about it. Yeah. Enoch, Noah, Shem, all the guys, they must have been at the funeral of, <coughs> of Adam. But now, he says, I give you three score and ten. Three score, score one score is twenty. So three score is twenty, 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 plus ten, seventy. Tamuzikum. Tamuzikum. But when the spirit enters, you see, when the spirit enters, <coughs> then life enters. The dead body becomes a living being. Aha. Uh -huh. So more of the spirit is longer life on the earth. Oh yeah. That's why Billy Graham, even Jimmy Swagger, these guys are 80, 90, almost 100 because of the operation of the spirit through their lives. But the more we we dig into sin, you can see our lives is cut short. Look at fornicators and adulterers. Look how HIV cuts them short in the prime of their life. Because sin is equated to a shortening of life. Are you listening to me? But I see, you the, I see the Lord adding more years to your life. You will not die now. Not now. Even three waves of corona couldn't take you out. And as the spirit enters you, if you hang on, you will understand what I'm saying is true. Because when the spirit comes, he comes for a purpose. He comes for a job that you must do. And God won't cut you short if you still have work to do. Yes! But sin will shorten your life. So man lost many things. 
He lost life. He lost the daily fellowship with God. He became corrupt. And the whole creation is now subject to corruption. And everywhere you see human beings, where they are involved, things are not working well. Everywhere it is being spoiled. Number three, everything becomes futile after the fall. Vanity, Solomon said, Allah is I do so much, he said, I build houses, I do this, but what is it? It's all vanity, it's useless. You, could, you came in with nothing and you'll take nothing out of this world. If you build nice things, what is your children going to do with it? Everything is vanity. Everything is vanity. But the saddest part is that we are cut off from the breath of God. You are like a battery that is busy going down. Your light is busy flickering. It's about to go out. It's gradually finishing. If you are closer to 70, how many of you can really think, if, you, if you're older than 35, you've crossed the halfway line. Hey! You are closer to the grave than to the cradle. I said you are closer to your grave than to your cradle because everything is spoiled and the breath, the life of man is cut short. But in Ezekiel, the scripture we read, we see that when the spirit enters, hallelujah, when the spirit enters, let, 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 let's look at Ezekiel 1 verse 1 quickly. I just want to show you this quickly, quickly, quickly. Ezekiel 1 verse 1. Are you still here? I'm asking the Lord for guidance because I have much to say and I don't have a lot of time. Verse 5. From the center of the cloud came four living beings that looked human. Verse 12. They went in whatever direction the Spirit chose. This morning I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Amen. They went in whatever direction the Spirit chose. And they moved forward in any direction without turning around. Verse 20. The Spirit of the living being was in the wheels. So wherever the Spirit went, the wheels and the living beings went. Hallelujah. Verse 28, all around him was a glowing halo, like a rainbow shining in the clouds on a rainy day. This is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me. When I saw it, I fell face down on the ground and I heard someone's voice speak to me. Hallelujah. So we see that the Spirit entered Ezekiel and told him where to go. In other words, he now had direction for his life. Hallelujah. The effects of the Spirit coming into your life has many great effects. And but the first thing it really does to you is it gives you a ministry. Because when the Spirit comes, it is not just for you to come to the blue carpets to fall under the power. And the, if the manifestation of the Holy Ghost makes people fall, 
makes people shout, makes people scream, makes people cry. But the purpose of the entering of the Holy Ghost is to give you a ministry. And he entered unto me and set me on my feet and told me, now go. Do what? And tell the people. Hallelujah. You will have a ministry when the Spirit enters you. Why some of you don't even have a passion to tell someone to come with you here? You have no ministry. But once the Spirit is going to enter, and He is going to enter, you will start to have a passion, a desire. Then, then your selfishness, you see, your human nature is, is derived from the satanic nature. It's a nature of selfishness. It's only me, my wife, my cat, my dog, and all of us. We are fine. But once the Spirit enters into you, He will set you on your feet and you will hear a voice say, Go! Go to a rebellious people and tell them what I tell you to tell them. They won't listen to you because they are hard-headed and they are stubborn. But nevertheless, tell them what I tell you to tell. Because at least one thing they will know, there was a prophet amongst them. So when the Spirit enters you, Adam got life. The Spirit comes to give you life. Hallelujah. And if you're here this morning, maybe you have no life. People that don't have Jesus don't have life at all. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The reason why your life looks like something dead is you don't have Christ. But once you receive Christ into your life, then your living will no longer be in vain. Hallelujah. Because Jesus can satisfy the need in your life. Maybe your, your mind is all about business. Maybe your mind is all about your family. And you are struggling in life. We're living in a fallen nature. But you are far from God. Your job is to come back to God. The further you are from God, the more corrupt corruption will take hold of you the shorter your life will get but God by his power hallelujah God in his great love although man was far from him men tried to speak to him there was Moses said Lord can I see you he said no 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 such thing Adam was the last one who saw me because of what you did you stubborn rebellious hard-hearted people I'll pass you with my back, you will show glimpses of God's glory, but God's image you won't see again. Hide in the rock, he said to Moses. I'll pass you by, you'll see glimpses, but me you won't see again. But he's, even though we deserve this punishment, he's a God of so much love. He had a meeting in heaven. Hey! He said, "Does rebellious people in Delft, Bella, who will go to them? Who will go to them and tell them I still love them? And then the Bible says in the Revelation, no one was found worthy to open the scrolls. But then came one like the son of man. He said, I will go. I will go. I will become a man. I will humble myself and take my glorious celestial divine body and squeeze it into, into the body of a man to go and show them again 
what God is like. Do you know for God to force himself into a corrupt body, into a depraved body of vanity? Billy Graham said, the closest I can explain it to you is like if you must force yourself into the body of an ant. Because the ants are walking on the table and they are going towards the edge and they're going to fall down. And to speak to them, to tell them to turn around, they won't understand your language. The best way to guide them, you yourself must become an ant. And walk in front of them. And as you get to the edge of the cliff, you turn the direction and they also turn. And my friend, as you are going in this life, you are heading for destruction. You are going down a deep cliff. But God sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to walk ahead of us and to show us the way. Hallelujah. He said, I am the way. He made a way for you. He made a way on Calvary's hill of sorrow. When He died for you there, He brought you close to God. He's the bridge between man and God. But we are far from God. But he became the bridge between man and God. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but we can have everlasting life. So the coming of Jesus is the second chance. But then he had to go away. And there was a sadness over the disciples. The one that came to show us God is leaving. But on the Mount of Olivet, he said to them, I will not leave you comfortless. I am going away. But it is to your advantage. Hallelujah. Because when I go, I will send you another comforter. I will send you the paracletos. Hallelujah. He shall be with you. And he shall be in you. And he shall come upon you. Glory to God. And the coming of the Holy Spirit is that thing that was breathed into Adam. The breath of God. While Jesus was with his disciples, he also breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If we want life, if we want to be alive, if we want to reverse back from this deep satanic nature, we need the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Because if we are left to our own devices, we become carnal, we become rude, we become nasty, we are rebellious, we are corrupt, we are not nice to live with. That's the carnal nature. Are you still with me? But let the Spirit enter you. So that God can use you. This church is a generation of pastors and ministers. You are not bensetters. You will all be leaders of groups and bigger groups and bigger groups and bigger groups. Hallelujah. When you stand before God one day, you would have done something for Him with the short life that you had on this earth. He said, I'm going to use you, but there will be many difficulties as I send you. Many difficulties because it's in a rebellious nation. Orangus. You'll do many things for them. They'll stab you in the back. They will desert you. They will forget what you did for them. 
In Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, verse 30, the Bible talks about the wheat and the tares. I'm just, I'm going to finish now, now. I'm, I'm just enjoying my preaching. In Matthew 13, verse 30, there's the parable of the wheat and the tares. And you remember, the, the, the disciples wanted to take out the wheat and the tares. And, and the owner said, no, 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 don't take it out. Let them bro- both grow together. You see, then at the end, we will separate them. So what we learn from that scripture, among many things, is that evil is growing all the time. If you look at the world today, we're fighting this evil, but it's growing. The government is passing laws that was not ever thought of would be possible. You can now kill babies by the million. Yeah. In, 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 in Romans 1, talks about the wickedness of men with men and women with women. It was the sin of Lot. In the, where Lot was in Sodom and Gomorrah, the sin of Sodom that made God send fire was homosexuality and all other evils. Are you listening? Now the Bible says in the last days, like in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. This is the days. This is the days. Men with men. It's normal. If you don't do it, you're in trouble. If you say this wrong, they can this, they can do this, they can. The the wheat and the tears have grown together. The evil has grown. Simply means my brother, my sister, coming to church here. It's a nice church. You have come to stand here and give your life to Christ, which you must do. But that's not all. You need to grow in the Holy Spirit. You need to grow in the Holy Ghost. You must become spiritual. Hallelujah. You must be a Bible reading Christian. When somebody asks you for advice, you mustn't say, uh, my grandpa used to say, no, you must say, according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Yes. We can do all things through Christ. You must start to give scriptures. You must test yourself if you are spiritual. If I ask you now to tell your neighbor a scripture from the Bible, besides Psalm 23 and John 1.16, they already took your scripture from you. If you turn to your neighbor and give a script, what scripture will you give? Look, look, turn. Give somebody a scripture. Yeah, you don't know the word. The wheat is growing. The taste is growing together. Evil is growing in the last days. Can you see evil growing? But you're not growing. You can't just be a bensitter, yeah? No, you must want more of the spirit, more of spiritual things. You mustn't say, no, it's too much church. I've listened to preaching. Yeah, my wife sometimes says, yeah, you just finished two hours of preaching. Now it's another one. It's, I like it. I like it. I need to come away from my carnal nature. Just like you, I've been affected by the fallen nature of man. God is far from me. I need to come. Seek me, he said. Seek me. 
and you will find me. But you must search for me with all your heart. After a few minutes, God used to walk with us in the cool of the day. The evil is growing. This, not, this might not be the last disease that we face. This corona. It might be the signs of the times that more such evils are coming. Yeah. Because evil is maturing in the last days. And I want to close by drawing your attention to Luke 4 verse 18. Luke 4 verse 18. <laughs> Jesus Christ went into the temple. And he read this very important scripture. He said, the spirit of the Lord. Luke 4 verse 18. Do you have it? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's the same as Ezekiel said. And the spirit entered into me. Now the son of God says, the spirit is upon me. Why is he upon me? He's upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Hallelujah. Delft, I'm bringing you good news. Even though I'm speaking to a stubborn, rebellious people, I must say what the Lord has told me to say. Amen. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. That the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor is very, very near. Before I close with that part, I want to say to you, the loyalty series of those who forget, those who leave you, it's to work against the fallen nature. Are you with me? And that's the revelation we received at the conference. That it, if you leave a human being to his own devices, he will leave a church at least four times in his lifespan. Because it is the satanic and the human nature not to stay long anywhere. Like Satan did not want to stay long in heaven. So when I'm teaching loyalty and I'm teaching faithfulness, I'm teaching against the satanic and the fallen nature of man. Because it's a new, a new, a new minister um to hop. They will not hop. So they check what hop. They are so bored. Shall a pastor, yalke week, shall a... Let me just see how we are here by Joyful Ministries International. It's your, your nature of instability. Then your human nature to forget... God is not unrighteous to forget. But we forget. We forget the mothers and fathers who raised us. Who clean your bonbons when you didn't know how to clean it. Then you can speak rude to your parents and show finger in your face. You know what it is? It's the, it's the nature. The nature. The fallen orangu nature. You shout at your mother. Can you believe? You throw the door at your mother. You have sunk so low. Because of the, the nature in you. So we teach you, no, fathers, sons, honor your father. You say, oh, 
you because you satanic they say all oh, these people they say you mustn't leave the, if you leave this church ooh they hate you it's a cult they say it's a cult bishop gave us a great revelation he said it's not this is not a cult this is a family this is a family if you think it's hard to leave a cult it's even harder to leave a family because if you have a surname if your surname is ross you can do what you want to a ross sounds a blade your brother might be against you your father but a ross you will be i don't know what's your surname it's not easy to leave a family now because people are wicked the nature is fallen they use something beautiful isn't a family beautiful a father a mother and the children they use what is beautiful and they make it look evil because through their satanic eyes through their poison filled eyes they say something good is something bad he's teaching them to be faithful because he don't want them to leave the church they are cult they know we're not a cult we're your family we're your family you don't just leave. The prodigal son decided to leave and he realized, nay, but nay, it's better back at my father's house. Even the servants are enjoying it. And look what I'm eating. But I want to close with this. I'm closing. The Spirit of the Lord. Wait. I'm starting a new service called Revival at 7. That's for all those who said, ah, their preaching has no time. Yeah, I must close quickly because there's another service. And then I'm considering the lukewarm Christians, the rebellious ones. God said, I'm sending me to a stubborn, hard-hearted people. So I'm, I'm making uh, also room for them. So I have to close now. But for you that want me to preach, it will be on Sunday night, Sunday night. I think we'll start Sunday coming. What is happening? Liz is marrying on the Friday, right? The Sunday, Sunday coming, we'll start revival at 7. Because the Spirit must enter some people. But Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Came into me. To do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. Hallelujah. Brother, don't think that because you're sitting in that chair, God can't use you to preach the gospel to the poor. Rich nations don't want to hear the gospel anymore. Rich people hardly want to hear the gospel. Our graduates here are people that grew up here from, from small. But you hardly find a graduate come from outside to join this area. Because Delft is not a nice place to come to. Here, I my car crap. You see, rich people, they've, they've grown cold for God. But the gospel must be preached to the poor. Don't worry about them. Don't worry if they don't receive us. I was in a church in Ghana. The pastor told me there was 3,000 people. Maybe not that much, maybe less, maybe 2,000. He said, if 50 
only 50 or less of these people come from the area because the church is in a nice area. He said only 50 of them come from the area. The rest are bust in from the poor areas because the rich don't want the gospel. Not the rich. Yalla bitchy wat nou so bitchy vlee gekreed. Yalla wat nou daai in yalla koppe gesit het. Yalla! Yalla wil mos nie meer die evangelie luister nie. But you preach to the poor! We go to Leiden! We go to Delsal! We go to the Hague! We preach to the poor! Because the gospel will change the poor. The spirit entered me. Set me on my feet. To do what? To fall under the palm? No! To preach the gospel to the poor. They will sit in my home cell. Hallelujah! There will be five. There will be three. There will be two. It doesn't matter. For three or three. And say, Naam vergader. Daar is ek in die midde. Hallelujah! And before I preach, somebody will, will introduce me. I want to say to the cell group, our very wonderful cell pastor is here today to preach the gospel to the poor. He's very anointed. She carries the, uh, the anointing of her father, Pastor Chris. He say, sit like a kiss, let you see, when you in rich homes, you sit on leather cities. But when you preach to the poor, you sit on the mati kiss, you sit like a, sit like a. I get the geld for Coca-Cola, I get the geld for Sprite, I get the geld for Sprite, And he's a topless basket for you, hallelujah. Say what mooi geantwoord het in die homesel, say kreeg twee baskets, hallelujah. Shali, dit is een lufheis toe nie. Die bakkie gaat om geoptiaal, hallelujah. But the gospel! And as you close, you say, is there someone here that came to visit the cell tonight? Your life is not right with God. If you die tonight, where will you spend eternity? If you want me to pray with you, just raise your right hand and I'll pray with you. And the little girl, she's 12 years old. She put up her right hand. You say, thank God, thank God, thank God. Many years ago, my brother, Pastor Clint, is 50 years old today, by the way. I saw this morning on Facebook. And when I, when I read it, I remembered I was about 13. He was about 11. We were very small years apart. I preached my very first crusade. Yeah, I wanted to be like Jimmy Swagger. And then he had two of his friends in the school, I said to him, brother, I need to preach. He said, don't worry, I'll set up a great crusade for you. 
And I remember that day we walked down, I think it's Alzwater, Christian Street, Ravensmead. The two boys were living in a, in a shanty, a sunkok. What do you call it? What's the right word? Shanty, a little, a shack. They were living in a shack in the yard at somebody's house. He had organized me that meeting. I was 13, 13 or 14 years old. And he was my armor bearer. He was walking with me. I put on a very thick coat because I always saw the evangelists have coats. I don't know why. It was very hot that day. But I was wearing a thick coat with my Bible under my arm. I was going to preach the gospel. And when I came, when we came there, the two boys were there. Their parents were at work. It was just after school. And they were seated there. The, the sun cook is dark. There's no light, no nothing. Because they burn candles in the night. Some lights are just coming in from the holes in the tin sheets on the side. Hey. And I opened my Bible. And I preached. I preached the gospel to the poor. And at the end of it all, I said to them, because I was watching a lot of Jimmy Swaggart's videos. I said, the sun is setting. The shadows lengthen wise. But you are not yet saved. Is there anybody here that wants to give their lives to Christ? Put up your right hand. It took a while. And then the eldest brother, they were also about our age. He put up his right hand. Now there was only my armor bearer. This brother and his smaller brother was about eight or nine years old. <laughs> I say, I see that hand. But the Lord says, there's another person in this place. He must give his life to Jesus. And the, the, the little brother was stubborn. Remember the Lord said, I'll send you to a stubborn he was about 9 or 10 he was stubborn and I saw the older brother already committed his life and he's thinking so he's knocking the brother he says put your hand up the brother says stubborn people I stood there I said I won't close this meeting. I won't close this meeting until this one whom God is speaking to. God is speaking to. And not long after the The Spirit entered me. He said, preach the gospel to the poor. We're not looking for rich people to fill this auditorium. It will be the poor. The captives that are caught in drug addiction. Those that are drinking alcohol and they can't stop. You love God, you love Jesus, but... You can't say no when the wine comes. Your hand starts to shake. I'm here to tell you this morning. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me. 
to set the captives free. The captives free. The captives free. I don't care if you're smoking uh, cocaine, marijuana, tech. And you say, Lord, how can I be free? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to set the captives free. And as you go out with the Holy Spirit on your life, whether it's in a shantek or in a tin shack or in a flat, wherever you are preaching, and there's people sitting there with addictions, I prophesy as you lay hands on them, the power of the Holy Ghost will become real. As we have, as the wheat, as the tears have grown, you have also grown. You have also grown and you have matured in the Lord. To open the blinded eyes. Hallelujah. Those who can't see physically as well as spiritually, the eyes will start to open. You will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Glory to God. And then you will preach the year of favor. The acceptable year of the Lord. What is favor? Favor is somebody likes you. God likes you. God likes you. Poverty is coming to an end. God likes you. Yes. Your Uber driving is coming to an end. Your Del Bella taxi driving is coming to an end. God is moving you upward. Because I've come to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord. His spirit is here. Lift your hands. Deliver us from our sinful nature. The nature of forgetfulness. The nature of rudeness and stubbornness. Rebelliousness. Deliver us from all evil. For thine is the kingdom. The power and the glory. Lord, we've wandered far away. Far away from God, but we are coming home. We are coming home, Lord. We are coming home. We are coming home. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Enter us. Holy Spirit. Lift your hand. Please make my life whole again. over me. Spirit over me. Lift your hands, say Holy Spirit.
over me. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. If there's someone here this morning, somebody invited you or you came along to see what is happening here in the church, God is calling you to give your life to Him, to follow after Him. Things are going to change in your life from this day forward. The heavy burdens that you carried, the heavy load, bring it to Jesus and leave it here. When you start to follow Him, He gives direction. Adam lost direction. Adam lost the fellowship. You say, Pastor, I'm far from God. We all are. But this morning, the first way back to come to Jesus the one who came to die for you and your life will start to turn your life will start to turn is there someone here today you say Pastor Chris please pray for me I need to come closer to God put up your hand I want to pray for you lift your hand I, I see your hand I see your hand I see your hand I'm far from God I want to come closer to God I want to ask you if you put up your hand Come, I pray for you right here in the front. I'm a man sent by God. I'm a man sent by God. All again, again, spirit move, spirit move over me, over me, spirit move, spirit move over me. Sing it, Holy Spirit. Pray this prayer after me. Mean it in your heart. And God will save you today. And God will come closer to you. Pray with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I come to you today. Just as I am. Just as I am. Oh God, I'm sorry for my sins. Oh God, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the mistakes I've made. I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please wash me. Please wash me. In the blood of Jesus. In the blood of Jesus. I give you my life. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you my heart. Please write my name. Please write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. I confess with my mouth. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart. I believe in my heart. The Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. That he died for me. That he died for me. And that he rose from the dead. And that he rose from the dead. For me. For me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me now. For saving me now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For the start of a new day. For the start of a new day. In my life. In my life. I turn my back. I turn my back. On the devil. On the devil. I turn my back. I turn my back. On my old life. On my old life. I want to start with you. 
I want to start. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's Hallelujah. clap for the Lord. Clap for the Lord.